0: Well, Happy New Year, each and every one of you. Cindy and I are so excited that we get to close out this year by spending it with you. Uh, And and I hope you guys got some really, really good gifts this year. Cindy and I, we got some some pretty good gifts. But in the category of gifts that you get for yourself, come on, let's all admit, sometimes we're not sure about the gifts we're going to get from somebody else, so we buy ourselves a gift. And so I, I did that. Uh, just making sure, and uh, the gift that I got was this. Cindy, look over there. Just pretend like you're looking at something over there. So it's called mistletoe on a stick. Watch. No, no, no. You're, you're okay, looking over there. Focus, yeah, you're all not focused. right. You're not paying attention. So let's just Sneak say. Sneak
1: attack. That's how he does
0: this. She's doing her own thing, and then I just extend the mistletoe out like this, and I go, Hey, honey. What's, what's going on? What's that over your head? And then you know what she has to do? I just move. Yeah oh yeah come on worth every penny i spent on this you guys can't have mine but if you want to know where i got it i'll let you know that's just a just a little tip from me
2: yes, yes. mobile
0: mistletoe that's, that's a good. definitely one of our fair.
1: you know the christmas stuff's on clearance now so now's the time to shop and of course there are uh, under the category of gifts you weren't expecting there are those gifts that also come yeah
0: we need some to share with sometimes today
1: those extra holiday pounds—they just really stacked. Oh! All right. Oh! Did you think I meant? Wait a minute! Oh, I no. think that
0: they thought that you
1: thought I was. Oh, thanks oh, a lot. Oh! Wow! Thank you.
0: Wow! Thank you you guys—they're like,
1: we don't see her that. Oh, wow! Okay, no, thanks. That's oh, it's called a food baby. Okay, and I'm working on that. So thank you very much for thinking that. Um, but in, in they are in the category. Speaking of food baby, in the category of gifts that we need. Ladies, Spanx, right? Yeah. Ladies? Now, yeah. men, they don't make these for you, but ladies, I just have to say that I believe that the Holy Spirit has enabled and empowered mankind to create these <laughs> for holidays such as these, right? I mean, there's parties, and there's cake, and... Sweet Ucha, I don't know how many rum cakes Her, she gave Ucha's us. Ucha's right? rum cakes, yeah. Literally, I mean,
0: I mean music, with yeah. all the
1: extra calories, I'm so thankful to have Spanx because they just, they hold everything together, right? It's, it's support wear for those of us who like seconds <laughs> and, and thirds and may drop CrossFit for a and couple of months. And who's got time
0: for the gym? Right, you know, I know, that. I know,
1: I know. But they, they help us hold it all together and I'm very thankful for that. And you think I'm kidding until you get a pair and you realize it's like a Christmas miracle. Right, because you can, ladies. We can like put an outfit on and feel all lumpy and bumpy, and then you put on spanks and you're like, it's a miracle. I don't know where everything went, but I don't care. I'm just happy that I have these, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful, and that's where I leave that. And um, what
0: about us, though?
1: And, but what's, what's unfortunate is there's nothing for the dudes. Um, for the guys, if you put on the extra pounds. You're, you just, you just have fat.
0: Oh! <laughs>
1: I mean, you know, oh. we can, we can like tuck it oh, in for man. a couple hours, but the
0: guys, what are they gonna do? All right, guys, the gauntlet has been laid down in the category of gifts that need to be invented. 2018, we gotta come up with Manx. Man Spanx, guys, come on. There's gotta be an inventor out there somewhere. If they can use it, so can we. Can I get an amen from the guys? Come on, you guys, come on. Wow. That is
1: not something I wanna have a visual of. <laughs> anytime thank you thank you very much um but all all jokes aside as we head into 2018 there are no mental emotional spiritual spanks that we can put on to put all of our stuff together i love what pastor john tilton shared during the ministry time that there's a lot that we probably walked through and a lot that happened in 2017 and Um, Sometimes we start a a new year just like, sometimes barely hanging on, right? Like, okay, we've made it through. A new year is starting. And although there's no spanks in in the spiritual, physical, mental world to hold us together, we do have a God that makes all things new. I love that promise that was shared during worship tonight, is that our God makes all things new. Do you guys believe that God wants to do something new in your life in 2018? Do you believe that?
2: Yeah.
1: I believe it's true. Um, I think 2017 was a wonderful year in a lot of ways. You just saw on that video all the amazing things that happened in and through just this one church. Um, and I know that God's done a lot across the globe. It's also been a very turbulent year. If you read those end-of-year news reports of what's happened, there's been so much. Um, our year started with the inauguration of a new president. Um, there's the hurricanes, er- Irma, Harvey, Jose, and Maria that battered the Caribbean and the southern U.S., There was tragic violence in uh, New York and Las Vegas and Charlottesville. Remember those? Across the globe, there was terrorist attacks, earthquakes, slave auctions, humanitarian catastrophes, and on and on and on. And on the positive side, there was marriages and there was births and there was new life. There were people, countless people rescued from the trade industry because of people that are working so hard to do that. And there's all these things that happen, but most people I talk to feel a little bit like I do. I'm kind of poised at the end of this year, ready for a fresh start, yeah. ready to kind of push reset and say, God, I'm ready to, to close this chapter and I'm ready for what you have coming. And I love that the Bible promises us that our God makes all things new, that he takes something from nothing. Isaiah 43, we see what, what God promises us. Would you read this with me in your notes and on the screen? Ready? go. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it?
0: I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is the only one that I know that looks at a wasteland and goes, yes, this is where I'd like to build my home. Not oceanfront property. He takes the worst and the thing that everyone else would pass by. And he sees the wasteland is not something that he's going to cover over. Instead, he's going to call it into its divine purpose. I love how our God looks at, at our lives and, and everything that's happened in this year. And he sees, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to ignore your weakness. I'm going to actually work within your weakness. And where you are weak, he is strong. Yeah. You see, the new thing doesn't mean that, that you change. It means that God is changing you from the inside out. He's going to look at that wilderness, and it, and it reminds me of those. You guys ever see those guys, those surveyors that are measuring the land? A lot of times they're creating traffic, and they they got cones around them, but they're usually right in the middle of the road. And that that instrument that they use is called a, a theodolite. I had to look it up; I didn't know what it was called. But a lot of times they're looking at it, and they're looking down the path, either in preparation for a new road, new construction, a new building, and they're looking at, at not only where they are, but they're measuring where it is that they want to go, and they seeing the different levels that you and I, when we're just driving past, we can't see. I believe that's what Isaiah is trying to bring out there about the promise of God for our brand new year. And here's what I believe what's going to happen tonight. Instead of you and I just driving right by that, I believe Jesus is standing right in the middle of the road between now and 2018. And he's asking us to pull over our car for a couple minutes and come look and see what he sees about our future. Come see how He measures things. A lot of us measure things according to our past, according to our weaknesses, according to our strengths. But God measures things completely differently. And the new work that He's about to do can only happen if you and I will pause and take a look and see what He sees. To help us understand that tonight, Cindy and I want to spend just a little bit more time with Mary, the mother of Jesus. I hope that you're okay with that. I know that officially Christmas is over But it doesn't mean that Mary doesn't have something else to teach us about the new year and the new thing that God wants to do. You see, when that angel entered her room, she had no idea what God was about to do. But her response was to stop all of her plans, put everything aside, and say this. And it's in your notes. Would you read this with me? Ready? Go. I I am am the Lord's Lord's servant, servant. Mary answered. May May your your word to me be be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Right there, in that room, there was a quiet revolution of humility. She humbled herself under the mighty hand of God and laid down everything else so she could say yes to Jesus. She took that servant heart of surrender and said, I'm your servant. I'm not here to serve myself. May everything you have said be fulfilled. You see, God's purpose aligns our present decisions With our future reality. We can't see the future, only God can. But our present decision, when we surrender to His purposes instead of our own, it aligns us, just like looking through that Theodolite, it aligns us with what it is He sees that's gonna happen in 2018. None of us have been there yet, but we serve a God who's already written 2018 out. He already knows everything that's gonna happen, and He wants our present decision in this moment to line up with everything that He has planned for our lives, just like Mary. You and I have that choice today. Will we say yes to what he wants to do?
1: Yes, it it begs the question, how do we see, how do we see the future that God has for us? How do we see the future the way that God does? Um, Because really, you and I were created for more than the grind, you know, the grind, the day in, the day out, the getting up, the going to work, the paying the bills, the putting food on the table, kids, you know, clothes on the kids' backs, Funding our retirement right the grind the daily wind up and do it again routines We were creative for more than that because that's that's a piece But that's not our purpose. Yeah, there's a, a lot of what we do in, in our work and our career that is purpose But the, the grind the day-to-day life it takes so much of our time and energy. That's not our purpose That's just a piece. There's so much more and when we know our purpose like John was saying like a surveyor all of our decisions line up with that all of our decisions fall into place, and like Mary, we have the opportunity to become pregnant with purpose, to be carriers of purpose. Now, I know men, none of you have carried a baby, or you would have been on Oprah or something by now. <laughs> Oprah's not even around, and I still use that reference. Yeah, I don't it's, know why. She's right. just lodged in there. <laughs> but um, I know men, you don't carry children, but we were all, men and women alike, created to be carriers of the purpose of God. Yeah not just the grind not just the day-to-day and that was certainly true of mary as she carried the messiah right a literal carrier of purpose and i love it because god didn't choose her due to her perfection right god doesn't choose the perfect he perfects those that he chooses right he makes us he makes us more like him as we go and so the challenge i want to offer you tonight is that you would come with a heart like mary a heart that says yes a yes heart. Lord, whatever it is you want to do, I don't know what the future holds, but I know that you hold my future, and so I come with a yes heart. Lumpy and bumpy, right? <laughs> no spanks, but just as we are, and, and coming with a yes heart. And so with that heart, I just want to look tonight at three truths we come mine mind from Mary's life that are challenges for us as we step into 2018. The first one is this. You can fill in your notes. We want to say yes to being stretched yay everyone says
0: <laughs> yay. <laughs> yes to being
1: stretched no thank you i'll check out right now um the uh, angel gabriel came to mary in luke 1 31 is there in your notes and says you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him jesus talk about a gift that she was unprepared for right this wasn't in Mary's tra- trajectory. She was going to get married to Joseph, and they had their life plan. And this angel comes and throws a curveball. And not only was it a curveball, but to her, for a, a young girl of her age, unmarried in that culture and time, to become pregnant was actually like a death wish. Yeah. Like her saying yes in that moment was her saying, "I'm literally going to lay my life down." Mm-hmm. And for the Christian walk, if, if we're in this walk for something that's easy and comfortable, We've definitely picked the wrong faith because how many of you can attest to the fact that following God is wonderful and it's awesome and he provides for us and he cares for us, but easy is not always in the descriptive, Mm -hmm. right? When we follow God and we say yes to him, easy isn't always at the top of the list. But we know what's easy is not always what's best, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it was, exercise would come a lot more naturally to <laughs> all of us. Um, but like like a, a woman carrying a child, like Mary carrying the purpose of God in her life, we too are meant to be carriers. And with that, there's a couple of things that happen to us. When we say yes to being stretched and we say, God, I want to go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. These are some things that we can expect. The first is that we will be stretched beyond where we think is possible. We'll be stretched beyond where we're comfortable. Have you ever seen a pregnant woman very, very pregnant? You think that's not possible? That's how it feels sometimes, the things that God asks us to do. We think, I can't do that. And he says, but I know that you can because I've created you. We will walk differently. Our walk will change. It'll be more deliberate, more intentional, a little more careful. The things that we allow to be a part of our lives when we're a carrier of purpose it doesn't look the same as maybe it does for everyone else something is going to give because when we become a carrier of God's purpose we're no longer living for ourselves yeah right yeah. we're living for something greater
0: yeah, and I, I know Cindy said not to check out but guys as soon as a woman starts talking about being pregnant it's easier for us to go I cannot relate in fact, I, I remember Cindy actually worked at a maternity store before we started having children. And they used to have these uh, maternity uh, bumps that you could strap onto your back. And so I thought, well, let's see what it would look like if, if I was pregnant at, at the same time as you were. And I think we, we have a picture of that right here. And and uh, yeah, look, yep, yeah. yeah, in fact, you may not realize, but I'm still wearing that today. I'm still wearing that maternity bump today. You guys... Probably thought this was real, but no, it's one of those fake bumps right there. <laughs> here, and, and of course, any guy that's ever been, been married to a woman who begins to have children, it's called sympathy weight. All of a sudden, you start looking pregnant right along with them, right? Because if they're hungry, you're hungry. If they're eating, you're eating. We're just trying to do it right along with them. But I want you guys to know this. I'm not, we're not talking about sympathy weight here tonight. We're not talking about just standing by while God stretches the women in our lives. Guys, I believe that God is asking us to be stretched by his spirit in new places on the inside. New places of courage, new places of surrender. Well, you and I will step into our God-given authority as heads over our home, as leaders in our marriages and with our children, as leaders in the business and work market, as leaders in the church. And it's going to mean being stretched outside of our comfort zone to allow the Holy Spirit to do something in us. It's not enough to just simply let our wives or the women in the church take the spiritual leadership. It's up to each and every one of us men, single or married, to step up and step into what it is that God asked us to do. This really hit me strong a couple years ago when we first brought in uh, Joe Sengel with I was broken. No, I'm not. who will be joining us next weekend. And I realized that because I, Cindy was so much better at numbers and budgeting that for the majority of our marriage, I just let her take care of it. She did a great job. Why should I bother with it? And yet as we started going through that program, I realized that what I was doing was I was letting her be crushed by the full weight of our financial responsibility in our family. Of course, I worked and I provided and so did she, but she was the one having to make the financial decisions when I should have been doing it with her. And as we went through this program, I began to realize that I needed to be stretched outside of my comfort zone when it came to finances. And when we partnered together, when going through I was broken, now I'm not, we experienced a breakthrough in our finances that we had never had all the years previous in our marriage. And it was simply because both her and I were allowing the Holy Spirit to stretch us together in our finances. To tell us a little bit more about that, I would like to ask you guys to welcome up with me a member of our church, Lorraine Cross. Can you guys welcome up with Lorraine Cross up here with me? I now, she has been a member of New Hope since 1999. Yeah, she's been with us almost from the beginning. She's a single mom, and she works extremely hard. And she, like us, desired to be financially free, to step into God's preferred future for her life. And she has agreed to step outside of her comfort zone to share with us some of her story tonight. So thankful that you're here, Thank you so much for for
1: being here, Lori. So we'll jump right in. And we have a couple of questions for you. Um, you said uh, earlier that you've learned so much from this trial and you feel like you can breathe again, but that's how it feels being on this side of your financial um, process. What does that mean to you? Like, How much debt were you in? What did it feel like for you to be under the weight?
2: Um, for me, I had about $30,000 worth of debt. And um, it just felt overwhelming you know what it it just really burdensome it just felt like you know like the devil has his claw on your shoulder and just breathing in your back every day every day and and the other thing that I guess I can relate this to is you know it's kind of funny but not really funny when you're at the mall and you're trying to um, find a parking or you're trying to get yeah. out of your parking stall yeah. Yeah. and somebody knows you're leaving, so they follow you. <laughs> and then you turn and they turn. Yeah. You walk faster, they speed up. You go to the other road, they <laughs> flip the corner, they follow you. I mean, that's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. Like something just. And then they put the blinker on so you know
0: they're just waiting, right? Your debt was just right there, yes. right? Wherever yes. you went. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's just like, it's claws, you know? And, um, but, you know, before that, uh i had left my job because i was trying to pursue something else and so i got into real estate investing and i was putting all this money on credit and uh, the plan was that after we sold the house I'd uh, pay this off and everything fell apart so i was left with this debt and i felt suicidal i felt really hopeless hmm. and um you know my life versus jeremiah 29 11 but at that time i felt like i had no hope right. no future right and every day I would wake up just thinking about that stuff. Mm. And I just yeah. didn't want to live. I couldn't see the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, go to bed, same thing. And so it was kind of bothering me. So I called a fr- I had a couple of friends who knew what was going on. So I said, so you know what, I just feel like I don't want to live. Like, I need prayer. So she prayed. And, you know, thank God for praying, friends. Yeah. Right? Amen. For sure. Yeah. So that lifted. And after that left, um, then I had this debt. And I didn't have a job, but fortunately, the Lord blessed me with a really great career, so I was able to enter my career. And, um, yeah, we even went through pay cuts and everything, and I kept trying to pay it off, trying to pay it off. And I had an accountability partner, and she was really great. But it was just going so slow, so slow. And um, so when this I Was Broke Now I'm Not came up, I decided to give it a try. I had done a couple of other programs. They were good, but it just wasn't kicking in and um for some reason that that i don't know how many people here took the class but that analogy of the ladder the right. steps yeah. yes because i was trying to go f- without building up on the ladder just going up to the eighth ladder you know trying to invest and make money and then i fell and it was really bad and for some reason the lord just the, the word about debt and everything, it just really started to sink in, and I started to really grasp that, you know, the Lord doesn't want us to be in debt, because that's that's just bondage. You, yeah. you can't live, you can't move, you can't yeah. do anything, yeah. and so um, that's pretty much what I did, and just following that, joining the group, and it helps to tell somebody, because it's embarrassing. It's yeah. really embarrassing, but telling somebody really helps because really otherwise the devil has you in a corner. Yeah, for sure. And um, so some, you know, somebody that can pray for you, and that's what's great about the group. You go every week, and you don't have to divulge your finances, how much debt you have. You just have that support, and right. it's great teachings, and it was just a great class. But something about that ladder, it just gave me a visual because I'm very uh, visual and hands-on, and I could just see myself climbing that ladder and falling off and um so it really became an act of worship Mm. before debt was just pay that bill get it done right but it became an act of worship and um yeah i just approached it really differently and then the lord gave me a raise um child support that was owed to me for like 15 years i found out by surprise the money was coming in i didn't know the money was in the bank and I mean, things, everything started to change, yeah. everything. My sounds, relationship yeah. with my son, everything.
1: It sounds like your active steps to address that debt, um, God started to honor those choices. As you put that first, put him first, yeah, and started I to make so. those choices, all those things started to fall into place. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And you also, something interesting happened this last year. You were able to take a mission trip for the first time because mm-hmm. you didn't have this debt hanging over your head anymore. Right. You wanna tell us a little bit about that?
2: Uh, well, I work in, a, in the dental field, and I, for years, wanted to go on a mission trip and do dental work. But, you know, single mom raising my son, so I didn't want to leave him. And so I had the opportunity to go, and the trip was funded, but I took three weeks off, and only three days of that was paid. Wow. So the rest of the three weeks, I was on my own dime. And God just, he just worked everything out, and it was so great to see that we're really blessed. Yeah. I mean, when you see people that have no clothes and they've got dirt on their clothes and they live in the hills, right? right. I mean, we're just so blessed. Yeah, yeah. It
0: gives you perspective, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: And yeah. I, I,
0: I love the fact that one step, one yes, being stretched outside of your comfort zone. Like so, the beginning of that ladder is tithing you know, right. giving God your first 10%. And, and it almost seems like, well, how is that going to help me get out of debt? I'm supposed to give more money? How is that going to help me get out of debt? But yeah. it's exactly like you're saying, when we put God first, when we're stretched outside of what we would normally do, that's when he begins to birth something brand new in yeah. us. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, tithing is, is, God is so faithful, so faithful. I mean, sometimes I thought, man, how am I going to pay this tithing? But you know, when he's so faithful, and you cannot give God. That's true. He's just he's so faithful.
0: Yeah. You guys can we thank Lorraine for getting up here and sharing her story? She's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Just like Mary, the mother of Jesus, what Lorraine was sharing is a true story for each and every one of us. Because she was willing to let God stretch her outside of her comfort zone, even joining a small group. Because who wants to join a small group about, you know, your finances, right? But did you guys catch that? When, When she was willing to let God stretch her outside of her comfort zone, then God was able to set her free in places that she'd never been able to accomplish on her own. And then as a result of that, she's now doing missions work that she wouldn't have been able to afford had she still been in debt. That saying yes to God's stretching allows us to be able to say yes to the bigger steps that he's calling us to in the year to come. In fact, you can feel that in your second blink there. Say yes to bigger steps in God because this is what he's calling all of us to. It's the inside work that leads to the outside work. What God is doing inside begins to change the situation and circumstances outside just like Lorraine was talking about. One step of obedience after another releases more than we could possibly imagine. You can see that here in Luke chapter 1 verses 34 through 35. Mary, Mary said yes but she didn't understand. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so the holy one to be born will be called the son of god
1: in this passage it says that the holy spirit came upon mary i believe that god's plan for her life was bigger than her i believe the same is true for you and i at God's plan for your life and my life. It's bigger than us. I had a mentor in college that used to say that if your plan for your life is something you can accomplish in your own strength, then you're probably shooting too low. Yeah. You're probably thinking too small. If you can accomplish your life's plan on your own Excel spreadsheet, who loves a good spreadsheet? Then you're probably thinking too small. And um, it's so true because the reality is, is that you are capable, you are able. You are wise, and you are talented, and you are strong. Each and every one of you, and and in our own ways. We have abilities that God's given us and skills that we have. But there's also this element of the divine that we have to factor in. Because what if God wants to come alongside of your talent, alongside of your skill and your ability, and by the power of his Holy Spirit, do something totally unexpected that you could not on your own plan for. Sometimes that sounds a little scary, right? Like I like things I can control. If I let God into this, what's he gonna do with it, right? What's he, is he gonna come in and mess it up? Yeah, most likely, (laughs) because you know what? His plans are always bigger. It's not meant to be something we can control. It's not meant to be something we can see the full picture of he's the one with the theodolite, theodolite. not us. He's the one that sees the full layout of the land. There's something that he wants to do. I believe that God could very easily have accomplished his plan for salvation without us. Do you believe that? God could have probably accomplished salvation for mankind with us. He probably could have worked around us and found a way, but for some reason, God chooses to partner with us. He chooses to work with us to accomplish his will on the earth. And uh, me personally, I I tend to have perfectionist, um, tendencies. I'm not a perfectionist because I'm not. I don't like labels. <laughs> but I tend to be a little more of a perfectionist than other members of my family. I mean, let's just let's just be straight. There's a right and wrong way to load a dishwasher. <laughs> oh boy. Anyone else out there? Right? Oh <laughs> man. And I don't think that's perfectionism. I think I think we're saving the environment by maximizing space. I'm actually an environmentalist. I'm not. Oh a perfectionist. brother.
0: <laughs> oh brother.
1: I'll just keep believing that. Um, But for me, knowing that about myself, um, as a mom, sometimes it's just easier for me to get housework done myself, right? Like, I have a standard I like to keep. If you saw my house, you wouldn't believe me. But I do have a standard I like to keep. And it's easier for me just to do housework on my own, because I know how I like it. I know how I want it done. And sometimes asking my kids to do it, I have to adjust to their level of quality, right? Quality control. But as a mom raising sons, I want my kids to learn how to be responsible. I want them to learn how to see a need and fix a need. I want them to be responsible young men who grow up to be responsible men that women will be thankful for, that they know how to do stuff. You're welcome, women out
0: there, (laughs) for moms
1: who are raising responsible men. Future wives, yes. I'm trying. (laughs) But I'll just tell you this, it doesn't necessarily help me or save me time to partner with them in cleaning the house. You following me? It's more work for me to stop and go, thank you so much, let's get the other part of the window, right? Thank you so much, let's also clean the toilet. It takes more time for me, but I, I bring them in on it because I want them to grow, I want them to learn. I want them to be mature boys. I think it probably would have been easier for God to just bring salvation to us without using us. I think God could have found an easier way. I don't think he needs us to be a part of it, but he chooses. He chooses to come alongside with his Holy Spirit and use what we have to do something supernatural that we cannot do on our own. What if God wants to do something supernatural through you? Something that's bigger than you. What would that look like? Mm I believe that the supernatural is meant to be a part of our everyday life. I believe that the supernatural sometimes just simply looks like you, as a parent, loving your teenager or your young adult child through their rebellion. Or loving an aging parent who's in need. Or believing and praying in a situation that is hopeless and believing for hope. That is the supernatural, invading the natural, allowing God by the power of his spirit to stretch us to believe for more. He partners with us to do something bigger than we can do on our own. And I wanna ask you tonight, what's the bigger step that God might be asking you as you step into 2018? What is it that God might be nudging on your heart to do something to step out in that, that requires you to lean into him a little more, requires you to slow down and say, "God, I need your help." What is He asking? Is it relationship? Is it in finances? Is it in work? Is it with your family? Is there something that God is nudging on your heart and saying, "I want to birth my purposes in you, and it's going to require that you lean into me, that you requires you to, to, to depend on Him even more. Now for me, <clears throat> I'm a little more of, of an introvert, believe it or not. And so this isn't my most comfortable place to be, up front. As you know, most introverts don't like direct attention, <laughs> right? And I have your direct attention. So this is outside of my comfort zone. This is one of my bigger steps. And th- this time last year, as I prayed for this next year, and I said, God, what is it you have for me? God just said simply, Cindy, I want you to continue to step out your calling, which John and I were, you know, both went through Bible college. We got licensed and ordained at the same time. And a lot of what I've done is background work because I'm a mom raising kids. And God's saying, it's your time to step out and, 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 and speak my word that doesn't come naturally to me. It's not my comfort zone, but it's where God's calling me to step out. And it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it because God honors those bigger steps. When we say yes to being stretched, God meets us there. When we say yes to taking bigger steps, to stepping out in God's purpose for our lives, it's always worth it because he always meets us there.
0: And what that leads us to is the third point. You can fill this in there. Saying yes to taking second. Taking second. Most of us we live in a first place culture. If you're not first you're a loser. And yet we follow a God that says in order to win in the kingdom of God you need to take second place. You need to take the place of the servant. You guys remember Mary's response to the angel's challenge? She said I am the Lord's Servant. She took second place, let God be first over every one of her plans. God was preeminent, God was Lord, and she said, Let your word be fulfilled. And how was that word fulfilled? She decided to serve. She modeled for her son Jesus exactly what Jesus would then model for his disciples. See, look at this prophecy to Mary, and you see exactly what I'm talking about here. It says, uh, uh, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It was prophecies like that that caused so many religious leaders to miss the Messiah when he showed up because they're picturing the king on a throne in a palace and everybody coming and serving and bowing them, but not this king. No, He left His throne in heaven to do something different. He came to be second. He came to serve. And you can see the fulfillment of that prophecy all these years later in John chapter 13 at the night of the Last Supper before He faces the cross. John 13 verse 2 says, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power, that he'd come from God and was returning to God. What's that right there? He knew who he was and whose he was. Therefore, he was completely secure in taking second because God's purposes were first. He was pregnant with purpose. And just like his mother Mary had trained him, he decided, I am going to take that place of serving those around me. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around. And he went through the servants' entrance, and they were aghast and, and even appalled because a, a, a teacher, a rabbi, a, a messiah doesn't wash feet. That's the role of a servant. And in those days, because they were slippers like we do, they were dirty and filled with dirt and dust. And here he was on the night before he's about to be betrayed washing his betrayer's feet. You guys ever realized that? He didn't just wash the other eleven. He washed Judas' feet, knowing full well that this would be the man who after three and a half years of day in and day out relationship would turn him in for 30 pieces of silver, and yet that did not deter him. He walked in the authority that God has given him because he was, he was walking in the purpose that God had designed him and sent him to be born for and to die for. And you and I, when we know whose we are and and who we are, we're no longer going to be, you know, jockeying for position. We're no longer going to be walking in insecurity. We're no longer going to be trying to convince everybody else around us that we are worth and worthy because we know, just like Jesus, just like Mary, I am His. Because I'm His, I'm taking second because He is first. And that means I'm going to serve you. And if you would have asked me, John, do you, do you feel like you do that with your life? I would have thought, well, well I try to. I, I, I try to serve others. But sometimes it's actually easier to serve others in the church than it is to serve the very people in my home. You know the people that you spend the most time with? This came really clear. In fact, I don't even want to share this story with you. But I'm going to in the hopes that you won't make the same mistake that I did. Okay? So we came home from some uh, errands, and it had been raining a lot. And we walk into the house, and I look in the carpet in my bedroom, and somebody had walked with bare feet muddy and tracked mud all the way across my white carpet in my bedroom. They could've walked in their own bedroom, but they walked through my bedroom with their muddy feet. So instantly, I went into Sherlock Holmes mode, and I began to investigate which of my five boys had, had done this appalling thing as to walk out barefoot into the mud, and then to walk through my bedroom Traipsing their mud right across my carpet. I brought them all in. I looked for little tells or signs in their face to see which ones were maybe lying, which ones were looking down or the other direction. And each of them, they bold faced, told me, it wasn't me, dad. It wasn't me. Yeah. We'll find out which one of you it was. Meanwhile, while I'm grilling the boys, Cindy comes with the soap and the water and she begins to, uh, you know, c- begins to scrub the mud out of the carpet. And I am so frustrated because I'm, I keep looking at them like, it was you, it was you. And they're like, no, no, dad, no, no. And I'm so frustrated, I just grab my phone and I'm, I'm checking updates. And I, then I, I notice that Cindy's standing right in front of me. And I, lo- I look up and I notice that she's not looking at my face, but her face is the face you don't want to see on your spouse. I'm just telling you, it's that face that says, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. And I don't even know what I did. You guys know, you guys know what I'm talking about? You know that face that, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's worse than stink eye. And so she, I followed, she wasn't looking at my face, she was looking at my feet. And I followed her eyes down to my feet.
2: Big And feet.
0: she said, <laughs> There's mud on your feet.
2: I don't think
1: I growled like that. I don't think I growled like that. That reenactment's a little aggressive. It, it
0: sounded like, I and I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, like I was caught red-handed, I was caught mud-footed, I was the culprit. I was Judas at the table, people. I was Judas, here I am walking around pointing out all my boys and how they're the ones that are wrong and I'm the one and I realized as I tried to explain and figure out honey I think when I went outside my I was wearing my slippers and they sunk into the mud and and my my heel touched the mud and I didn't know it when I walked in I took my slippers off but it was on my and she was just like this wow wow (laughs) and see the thing was that that Cindy uh, was was modeling (laughs) for me in that moment was it didn't actually matter who had the muddy feet What mattered was that no one was helping her clean the mud off the floor. Not the five boys, not the husband who's supposed to set the example. I was too busy trying to find who else was the culprit, who else was guilty, pointing out everyone else's muddy feet. And I was the one with the muddy feet. And never once did I offer and say, you know what, hon, let me help you clean that up. I know, junk, right? Yeah. What a junk. What a I, junk for, I, I totally forgave him. She, she forgave me, but I've been, I've been working on being much quicker to finding that place of being second and serving, and I feel like in this culture, in this day and age, online and on the news, everybody is running around pointing out how everyone else is wrong when we're the ones with muddy feet. And I just want to ask you as we close here tonight, have you walked through some piles in 2017? Come on. Have you walked through some situations that you regret said some things and done some things that you wish you could take back? I've got good news for you tonight. You don't have to track into 2018 what you stepped in in 2017. And here's how you get rid of it. You admit, first of all, I'm the one with the dirty feet. And second of all, I've been called to wash the feet of others. Is that going to stretch you? Oh, yeah. God's going to ask you to serve those who it's not easy to serve. Is that going to uh, cause you to take a bigger step of faith? Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, to see the purposes of God released in your life and mine, we get to come clean right now. We don't don't need spanks. Right? We don't need any excuses. We don't need to go around and point out how it's her fault, it's his fault, it's their fault. No, let's just own the fact that we have dirty feet and God wants to clean them now so that when we walk from the threshold of 2017 and into 2018, we walk in clean and free and in the purposes of the Almighty God, not to have everyone looking at us, but instead to have everyone looking at him. And this is the phrase that God has given me for our church for 2018. It's a quiet revolution of humility. That God is calling us to a quiet revolution of humility. It started in that room with Mary and the angel when she said, I am your servant. Let your word be fulfilled. It continued when Jesus got up and tied the the towel around his waist and washed his disciples' feet and said, I am a model. I am a pattern for you to live out. There was a quiet revolution of humility in that upper room on that night. And it continues right here and right now in this room and those watching online. And all we have to do is surrender.